Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I actually don't know. If I, if I was a billionaire, I feel like I would own, like the only thing I've ever wanted to do with a billion dollars is own a professional team. And I actually don't even need a billion dollars. I just need, like, because I, I don't care what team I own. Like, it's not like I need an NBA team or an NFL team. I will freaking own a pickleball, pickleball team. I don't care. Give I me a soccer team. team. You, you just want to say you own the team. team. Well, no, because I want to own it. I want to operate it. I want to be like the G. I wanna, I'll be. Listen, I've, I've actually realized. I used to hate Jerry Jones. And then I came to a realization maybe about eight years ago or so. And I was like, you know what? I get it. Because I would do the same thing. I would be the owner. I'd be the GM. You couldn't tell me shit. I, I'm like, I, I've like completely bought into the whole Wrexham thing. Like, if I had like billionaire type money, I'd be like, all right, you know, that that's the type of like buy a cheap app. I mean, because hell, I mean, MLS teams cost more than like over half the EPL now to buy in the MLS. I mean, only like the you know the the ten richest EPL clubs cost more than MLS. So I'm just gonna go find some small English team. Uh, I'm gonna buy them, and uh, I'm gonna try to take them to the top. If I had a billion dollars, I mean, how- I've actually thought of this because I AFC a, AFC Wimbledon. That's what I'd buy. They're actually very similar to Wrexham, and that they're well. Would they let you? I, I don't think they I would think let an owner. They like- would. So actually, I've thought about this. I've actually thought about this though. They're very similar to Wrexham, and that they are like people owned. But if somebody with a lot of money came by and was like, "Hey, I'll make you great." I feel like they would do it. They would let it well, happen. Well, and, and promise not to move them. Yeah, there's that too. Not, not, go, and I, I will not move you to Milton Keynes. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's gone. Welcome on, welcome on to your Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And it is time for us to talk K-State. We talked about it last episode. We were recapping the Baylor game, and that game was so boring, we started previewing the K-State game already. And so now we're here to talk all things Kansas State Wildcats. We got a guest coming on later on to debate and talk more about who's going to win between Texas Tech and Kansas State. But before we get into him, we got to bring on the people's champ, or is he the people's hater? Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Albie? I don't know how many people's haters get to go hang out on the sidelines of football games, but you know what? I'll bear the moniker. So long as we keep winning, I'll do what I must. Happy to be here, though. Happy to be talking after a win. We're still we still on the win high, so that's nice. We have that for at least another day or so, and, and then we'll see what happens. That's streak. Nice little streak. How, how how many how many wins does it take to be a streak? Is it two for a streak, or do you have to get a three before a streak can happen? I think if you are two in a row, it's a streak. It's a streak. Yeah. Okay. So that means yeah. So we're on a win streak. The problem is we're on a win streak against bad teams. Yes. We're now playing a a decent team. Like I don't know what K State is anymore. Listen, 
Beginning of the season, I said K-State was the best team in the Big 12. Not only did I say that, I puffed my chest out about it. I was like, screw Texas, screw Oklahoma, screw TCU, Kansas State is the best team in the conference. Will Howard is the best quarterback in the conference, and they made me look stupid. They lost to Missouri. They lost to Missouri, and I'm like, maybe that's just a fluke. Missouri actually turns out to be pretty decent, even though they just lost to LSU. That, that, you know, these things happen. Early in the season, yeah, these things happen. And then what did they do? They went and got beat. Not whooped, but they got beat. Oklahoma State had control of that game virtually the entire game. And Will Howard looked awful. And he hasn't looked good all year. So now I look at K-State. They're not bad. They're not bad by any stretch. But they're not good. They're actually, Jeremy, if I if I think of the teams in the, in the conference... I like tiers. You know, I like tiers. I talked about the tiers at the beginning of the season. This is where I have the tiers as of right now. Tier one, you have Texas, Oklahoma. They're they're better than everybody else. Uh, and it's honestly not close, unfortunately. They're, they're the great teams. The teams that have a shot at going to the college football playoff. Then you have tier two, which is, oddly enough, Kansas and West Virginia. Two teams that we didn't think would be that good, but have actually surprised and might just be... They are legitimately good. Like West Virginia is legitimately winning games, and not just on um, by the by luck. Like I would argue, out of the three losses we have this year, the one that I look back and I say I don't see too many paths to victory for Texas Tech is that West Virginia game. The Wyoming game we should have won. The Oregon game we should have won. West Virginia, we could have won, but I can't say that we should have won. They've been a legitimately good team. And then you have tier three, which I get tier three in a little bit. You have tier four, which is just these teams stink. And that is Houston, Baylor, Cincinnati, UCF. Those teams are just, they're dumpster fire. So tier, go back to tier three. These are the teams that are just, meh. They're all right. They're going to win some. They're going to lose some. They they have a, you know, these are teams that have a three and three record, four and two. Uh, BYU currently has a four and one. And these are teams that have shown flashes of being okay, decent, like beating the bad teams like Texas Tech has. These are also teams that have lost to other te- to the good teams like Texas Tech has, and both Texas Tech and Kansas State are in this third tier, and so it's hard when two teams from the third tier get together, like we're about to get to when we play Kansas State and at BYU and against TCU in three straight weeks. It's hard to tell who's going to win and who has the advantage here, and so uh, what is your first thoughts when you think of Texas Tech versus K State? I think about the constant loss and the constant close losses of our tenure since coming here in 2011 i've only ever seen us beat kansas state once <laughs> once 2015 uh memorable and it was close like it was not you know they kept it close so for me kansas state has always meant like l like big fat l this year it's kind of challenging me it's kind of challenging me with the way that they you know i'm not regretting like i'm not giving them grief about the way that they played Missouri. Um, They did throttle UCF. It was how they played Oklahoma State, or rather how they let Oklahoma State play them. That I was kind of like, oh, Kansas State may not be complete enough to to, put down teams that are worse than them. You know, if we stack it up, if we take, um, if we put it in a vacuum, you think, okay, Kansas State may be a better team overall, but if they can't put away bad teams... Texas Tech has a good chance there. So, you know, and that's just just 
throwing us in the bad team area, which we're not. These past two games have been good, but we haven't played anybody either. So um, there's a little bit of hope for me when I'm looking at Kansas State, um, who is sitting at 1-1 in the conference and 3-2 and two overall. Um, there's, a, there's a legitimate chance here. So I'm optimistic. I'm Ron Burgundy. Well, see, I guess my question, <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, my question is, is that, is, is Oklahoma State worse than them, right? Because the way I look at it, so they're three and two in, in, on the season right now, and you mentioned their win against UCF, and UCF's a bad team. I mentioned it. they're in tier four. They're a bad team. Troy, not a good team. They're a bad team. Southeast Missouri's a bad team. The only two teams on their schedule that I cannot categorically say are bad teams are Missouri and Oklahoma State. Those are the two teams they haven't beaten. So I actually don't think it's the fact that they can't put away bad teams or teams that are worse than them. I, I look at them now and say, well, just how good are they? Like, I think, you know, one of the things that's toughest as we as we get into the season is getting rid of our preseason thoughts of a team. Yeah, that's always Getting hard. rid of what we th- – exactly. It's always hard. And that's the reason why people hate the preseason rankings, even though we all do it, not just, you know, AP and coaches poll. We all have a thought of how good we think it seems going to be. And so for me, as I think of Kansas State, and I'm still holding on to that. I'm still holding on to the fact of what I thought Kansas State was going to be. But if I just look at their season, the only two teams they've played that give you any pause are Missouri and Oklahoma State. And, and let's be and to be honest, I was just about to put Oklahoma State in the bad team bucket, uh, bucket until they played K State. And so it does make you say, well, either Oklahoma State's better than we thought, or K State truly stinks. Mind you, this is Oklahoma State. It's not like Oklahoma State's good either. Lost, Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State. They lost to South Alabama. South Alabama, like Oklahoma State's not touchdown. good. Ugh. That's that's the thing. It's like it's not like we look at Oklahoma State and like, oh well, maybe they're better. No, no, no. Oklahoma State also isn't good. So you're right about that. I, I, I take that back. It's not like they're good. It's just more so. Man, if K State loses to this team, yeah, woo, maybe we need to rethink just how good or bad we think Kansas State is. So there's a. And the difficult thing here is that Kansas State metric wise is doing some doing a lot of things right, right? One of the best uh, rush defensive uh, teams in the country. And it's like, well, if they're doing that, then how are teams torching them, right? Oh, I guess through the air, then that would make sense. So it, it, for me, it's, you know, what's going to really kind of give in the game this weekend when we're thinking about Kansas State, are they their record or are they the stats that are there, like that the showing that that they're not that bad of a team, they're just getting unlucky. And so I, I, it's kind of a complicated team, and, and to look at. And our guest will help us kind of elucidate that, illustrate it further for us. But like Kansas State, you know, the two losses that they've had are one possession games. It was three points against Missouri, which that was. I was convinced Kansas State was going to be able to pull that one out at the end. And then uh, eight points at Oklahoma State, which, again, Kansas State fans would would argue up and down that this was just not the way Kansas State is. And so I don't know what kind of Kansas State team we're getting. And I think that's the scariest part about this game because when we're trying to get some like some momentum, we've beaten two bad teams, we want to face a good team that we can win against. Are we about to step up against a Kansas State team that is like thoroughly motivated to beat us? Because those Kansas State teams, we never have a chance against. That's rough. It's been rough sledding. So let's talk about K-State for a little bit. So Will Howard is the quarterback, of course. The guy who replaced Deuce Vaughn is uh, 
DJ Giddens. Now, I shouldn't say he replaced Deuce Vaughn. He's not the same type of running running back that Deuce Vaughn was, of course. But DJ Giddens is still a really good running back. Are a little under 500 yards uh, so far this year, averaging six yards a carry. Decent chance he's going to get to a thousand yards on the season. Good player. Good player. Um, and they're going to try to run the ball overall, not just with Giddens, but also with Will Howard as well. At the receiving at at receiver is where the passing game hasn't been great for them. Like I said, Will Howard hasn't been that good of a quarterback overall. Uh, right now on the season, nine touchdowns, but seven interceptions. Big yikes. And the receivers just haven't been great for them. Uh, so the receivers that they do have to take a look out for, um, we do have Jaden Jackson, uh, R.J. Garcia, but you know it's uh, or Jaden Jackson, R.J. Garcia, and then their top guy, Phillip Brooks, who feels like he's been there forever. But you know it's not great when your best receiver is the tight end, Ben Sinat. Now, Ben Sinat's a beast. He's a guy we might start seeing on Sundays. Um, but I think Ben Sinat leading that team in, in receiving yards, and he only has 286, tells you that the passing game is really not there. But we might see a, a tight end show there on offense for K-State. A what show? A tight end? Tight ends? Hey, man. Get me excited. Uh, Deuce Vaughn graduating, getting out of there is the greatest gift that God has ever given Texas Tech in this rivalry. Because that man, monster. Absolute monster. Not that DJ Ginn is going to be a bad running back, but comparatively, blessing. Blessing, blessing, blessing. It is interesting to look down the stat sheet, like you say, Will Howard, a quarterback that we had, but like we had expected to be top three quarterback in, you know, he's just primed. He had a great season and he's just like primed to be a good quarterback this season. Hasn't panned out. Don't know really why, but sitting with, you know, seven interceptions and nine touchdowns, been sacked seven times on the season. Um, that's like begging in my mind. It's like begging this Texas tech defense. Okay. You would take three defense, Prove it because, like, Will Howard has shown throughout this season that he wants to kind of take the aggressive route to make pass plays work. And sometimes it pays off, sometimes it does not pay off. So, if we can get push him into a situation where he's feeling pressured, I think that puts a lot of, I think that puts a lot of opportunity in Texas Tech's hands. And as far as it goes with skill players, there's really no one person that is standing out for Kansas State right now. And I think that's kind of something that teams are honing in on. Is that while Kansas State has options to get it around a lot of people, I'm not so convinced that they have a guy that they can just be like, all right, I don't know, just dump it off to whoever. Like so They're still trying to find that person, that wonder kid, to come on and kind of take the reins of being a game changer uh, for their offense. So... I don't know. We do have an opportunity here to keep Kansas State guessing, kind of keep them on the back heel and not giving them an opportunity to find momentum. But something that Texas Tech has done well uh, is allowed teams to pull up the most C-list roster person that they got on the depth chart and let them have a premier night. So, <laughs> you know, it, it could go any which way on Saturday. So, Jeremy, uh, as we look at the defensive side of the ball, do you know who the number one run defense in the Big Twelve is when it comes to yards per game? Yikes! It's these it's these cats. It is these cats. Now let me ask you another question: Do you know who the worst pass defense in the conference when it comes to yards per game is? It's these cats. That's that's right. <laughs> so it's safe to say Zach Kitley has to be looking at this team like, oh, thank God, finally, finally, I can get back to what I love to do. 
I can get back. And, but the question is, and I think the fan base is looking at it like, are we sure? Are we sure we want to? And it's, it's, this is going to be a tough game because your strength is running the ball. There's no doubt about it. Your strength is the O-line, what the O-line's been able to do. is with Todd Brooks breaking tackles, finding holes, doing everything like that. That has been your strength. However, that is also their defensive strength, is stopping that from happening, right? And the worst thing you can do is try to force the run and not work and then be forced to pass. It just makes the passing defense a lot easier for a team that's not that great at passing defense. Yeah. Right? You want to try to hit passing plays early while the running game is still there. Um, I think Kenzie actually mentioned in the chat, and she she said this, and it was a, it was a great thing to, to, to mention. This is the game where you might need to set up the pass, or you might need to pass early to set up the run. You might need to open up and let those front, let that front unit flex out a little bit, realizing that the short, especially in the short passing game, short passing game is going to be there. Morton's going to be able to hit some of those intermediate routes, and then it loosens up the passing play, so the running play, so the running game can get going. And so I know this makes a lot of people nervous, because I know it makes me nervous. Like I said, Baron Morton hasn't necessarily set the world on fire just yet, but. This kind of needs to be the game where he does. Like you mentioned, going from a game changer, or from a game manager to a game changer. Sorry, I messed up your, I messed up your quote. My bad. Yeah, if there's going to be a game on the, on the schedule this season that Baron Morton can like kind of, um, you know, really dig his cleats in and prove to us, or kind of affirm to us, doesn't even prove, I think affirm to us that he is the quarterback that we all know that he can be. It's going to be the Kansas State game. The worst pass defense in the same way that Taj Brooks absolutely dominated against Baylor because guess what? They're a terrible run def- rush defense. This is this is Baron Morton's calling card right here. Hey, you got a you got a you got a Kansas State defense that can't defend the pass to save their life. Why don't we try dicing them up and just passing on them all night? And if that's the case, why not go for 300 plus yards passing? You know, why not go for 350? Um, have a premier night, build that momentum, build that energy, build that identity so that when BYU ends up, and I'm looking past it, but like, it, you know, in an ideal scenario where you win against Kansas State and you have a really good night passing, BYU is going to look at the tape from both games and go, Texas Tech can kind of do both. You know, they're against bad defenses, but they're getting momentum and like wanting to. And so the more the more energy we can carry into Provo, the better. But it's got to start with Baron Morton becoming that game changer. If he's going to sit back and just try to let's just win by as minimal as possible, and that can't be your role whenever you're supposed to be the gunslinger and this team cannot defend gunslinging, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And so looking at that K-State defense, uh, they do have a, a, a beast. One of the reasons why they're so good in their front unit is because they have both Khalid Duke and Uso Suamalo, who I feel like have both been there for a thousand and one years, especially Khalid, uh, uh, Khalid Duke. I mean, he's every year we get on here talking about K-State and every year we're talking about he's saying his name. Um, Brendan Mott also guy that got is getting more and more playing time for them. Austin Moore, true freshman Austin Romaine. Him and Ben Roberts, they're both fighting it out to see who can be the top true freshman linebacker there. Um, but then also Desmond Purnell, who burst on the scene last year and is doing a great job. I will say, um, what happened to Jacob Parrish and, and Kobe Savage? It's funny we're talking about the secondary in this way because coming into the season, we thought I thought the secondary would be one of their strengths, and it just hasn't been. 
And so um, a lot of that, I think, has to do with some some changes when it comes to the safeties, and especially now you have uh, Marcus Sing uh, or Will Lee and Marcus Singler, or Sigley, I believe is, is how he's pronounced his name, um, kind of coming into the fold a little bit more than you expected initially. But they, they're going to have to do something something big there. I think it's – if you look at the season stats for K-State, uh, five, of their five top tacklers, four of them are in the secondary. And, Jeremy, yeah. what do we always say? That is a, that's a bad defense. It's a bad defense. When, four of your, when, your top t- when your top tacklers in the secondary, usually not a good thing. Yeah, and not just four, four of the five, right? Not just like, yep. oh, two or three. It's like the majority nope. of your best – tacklers are on the defense and we will I will say because I'm not as familiar with Kansas State's defensive scheme they could be drawing a bunch of like low pressure um, like low down pressure like pushing the cornerbacks and the safeties way up to go attack the run um, and if that's the case hey there's the reason do. that your defense there's the reason that your yeah. defense can't defend the pass because they're all by the line <laughs> no and they do they, they, they run that 335 they run that, that little nickel package that then and uses and, and using a lot of their their um, uh, their guys kind of off the line there, especially especially Kobe Savage, who is a beast off that corner uh, 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 or off the side there, similar to how Bailey's used Jalen Petre. So they or Petrie. So they do kind of use it in that way. But like you said, right? You can really only use it. The reason why Bailey was so successful with Jalen Petre doing that is because Jalen Petre would do that and then get an interception the very next play, right? Like he was he was that versatile and, and maybe we thought Kobe Savage would be too or Siegley would be but they just haven't been so far um, neither of those two players have an interception on the day and it doesn't help also that this team for K-State only has two INTs in total so you're talking about take three Malik Dunlap has more interceptions by himself than the entire team mm-hmm. right so this is a game where we can we can grab this we can grab this Jeremy and I will not take your trolling and I'm not going to take the next guy's trolling either so let's go ahead and bring him on in here the man, the myth, the legend himself, Scott Wildcat from the Bosco Boys podcast, representing the K-State Wildcats. What's going on, Scott? I'm happy to be here. Uh, like I told you guys uh, while we were ranting and raving uh, before we got into it, I, this is well past my bedtime, but there's like only one podcast in the world I would do this for, and it's you guys. Uh, I, I've been doing this podcast thing for like six, six and a half years it's you guys and another Texas Tech podcast, 23 Personnel. The only two that I truth truthfully like. I'll lie to other podcasts when I come on. But it's something about Texas Tech fans. It's something about Texas Tech podcasts. That I just enjoy talking to you folks. Uh, and, and maybe it's because we haven't lost to Texas Tech since, you know, I started doing this in case they almost always <laughs> beat Texas Tech. Maybe that's why I enjoy talking to Texas Tech podcast or maybe it's just hey you guys are like the collection of like my favorite uh big 12 fans outside of my own wildcat so it's it's one of those two things i'll let you guys choose which one i was about to say i figured i feel i felt like it's it's easy to come talk to texas tech when you've won seven straight uh, 11 of the last 12 times we've played and what's funny about this and i'm pretty sure i mentioned the last time you were on the on the pod is that texas tech fans don't realize the dominance k-state has had on tech because every year we feel like, oh, we almost had had y'all. Oh, we, we could have had beat K-State. And every year, really, every year before the game, we're like, oh, K-State, we, we, it's going to be a tough game, but we should win it. And then every year afterwards, we're like, ah, we were right there. Ah, if only this would have happened. And so it doesn't feel like, like we're getting our asses kicked every single year. But when you lose 11 out of the last 12, 
Yeah, ain't no doubt about it. We've got our asses kicked every single year. So, but this is the year that is going to stop. Or, Scott, you tell me why it's not. Yeah, so if I was crafting a reason why it's not, I, I would say that K-State fans are painfully aware that voodoo is real, curses are real, black magic is real, any sort of magic, all of that type of stuff, because we can't win in still water to save our lives. It doesn't matter how bad Oklahoma State is. It doesn't matter how much better K-State perceived is over Oklahoma State. We can't win in Stillwater. So if that's going to be true, then it sure as hell better still be true when now we're going down to Lubbock. Uh, and we just seem to have your number. It kind of reminds me of, uh, as you pointed out, some of these close games. Hey, maybe it should have gone the other way. Uh, the voodoo that we've had for a very long time uh, over Iowa State. Now that, that wore off, but what it took to wear that off was a pandemic and us trying to fire Bill Snyder and throw games. We're not trying to fire Chris Kleiman, and it's not a global pandemic. So sadly, K-State's going to have to just win this game down in Lubbock. And then again, uh, the the biggest thing I want to point to is, hey, K-State great at running the ball and great at stopping the run. But of course, that you know, dickhead stats of War Parker had to point out, you guys just happen to be great at running the ball, and you guys just happen to be great at stopping the ball. So quite frankly, I think this is either going to be an absolute slobber knocker throwback style football game where, hey, it's just two teams running in into each other into a wall or uh, all hell's going to break loose and it's going to be like a 55 to 52 type of game. I think it's going to be one way or the other. I don't think there's going to be any in between. And I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, that there's just some magic in the air when K-State comes to West Texas and paints the paints town purple and runs away with a W uh, before you guys can claw it back from us. So that's really all I have. I, I I don't really I don't have any other stats. I don't have any uh, schematics. K State fans are down bad right now. It, it's been a long time since I've seen the amount of infighting. Uh, folks getting getting quite frankly pretty down on the team after this Oklahoma State game. So uh, you know I unless there's unless it's just playing the odds. Hey, you played really bad one week. You're gonna play good. Hey, that's a place you can never win. Hey, this is a place we always win. That's all I got. I don't have anything better than that. So. Uh, th- that might make your, your listeners feel great because, uh, you know, you guys are probably pr- feeling a lot better about your team than K-State fans are right now. Jeremy, do you have a rebuttal? I, uh, uh, thank you for setting me up like that. Um, I actually would like to ask you, Scott, if you don't have anything, let's just do a post, little bit post-mortem. And you had a great recap pod. You've suffered through it already. Could you give Texas Tech fans just a inkling of because we are one degree well now i guess two degrees removed thank you michigan um from alan bowman and so for us to see alan bowman be a piece of a team that beats kansas state for us it's like oh my god if alan bowman with with oklahoma state can beat kansas state why cannot why can't we beat uh kansas state with baron morton you just made me realize this that alan bowman beat k-state before we did that's what oh, I'm saying. That's, that hurts. So, Scott, can you give us a little postmortem? Like, what, what, in your opinion, what happened? So, to make you guys feel a little bit better, Alan Bowman did not beat K State. Uh, K State no, beat K State. <laughs> so, uh, Oklahoma State only had one touchdown on the opening drive. Uh, they absolutely looked like an armadillo playing dead once they got into the red zone every other trip they had. Uh, and they settled for field goals the entire time. Will Howard kind of 
looks like the worst version of himself, gave up a pick six, turned the ball over two more times, and just could not get anything going on offense. Um, We had a a handful of good runs. Will Howard himself had a pretty good run that set up K-State's lone touchdown. I guess we grabbed two touchdowns, Um, but set up a touchdown. And uh, Treshawn Ward, DJ Giddens both had some decent runs. But at the end of the day, uh, there was no passing attack, could not get out of our own way on offense, and and quite frankly, uh, handed the game to Oklahoma State. Allen Bowman, and to a lesser extent, uh, Gundy, tried their best to, to shoot themselves in the foot and tried their best uh, to hand K-State the game. K-State just shot themselves in the face instead of the foot. In the <laughs> um, and, and really, it's just, you know, voodoo took over, magic took over, curses are real, and, and that's what happened on Saturday. It wasn't Alan Bowman. Alan Bowman was not very good, uh, quite frankly. And, and I'm, I'm hoping he figures it out, uh, you know, this Saturday playing KU, because I'll tell you this right now, for his down bad as K-State fans are right now, as, as I'm talking to you guys, 10 uh, on, on Wednesday night, they're going to be down even worse come kickoff of the game, uh, you know, down in West Texas, because uh, as much as I hate it, I think KU is going to give Oklahoma State the business, and that's just going to send K-State even into a bigger uh, tailspin. And, and I think it's because Alan Bowman is, you know, not good. And, and that's saying nicely. Yeah, so this is an interesting year, right? Because I, I personally, at the beginning of the year, and we talked about this, I I had I thought K-State was was the bee's knees. I thought y'all were creme de la creme, top of the class, best in show. Right? I had I picked y'all, I had y'all number one in the power rankings, and it was, I not only did I think y'all were going to win the Big 12, I just had to pose a question saying, who will play K-State in the title game? And you've made me look foolish. You've made me look foolish. Not only you, not only the team, Will Howard, step to the front. Because I said, while everybody was giving Quinn Ewers their flowers, and Dylan Gabriel their flowers, and Jalen Daniels their flowers, I said, no, Will Howard is the best quarterback in the conference. And then I watched that game against Oklahoma State. And I said, oh my God, am I wrong? Will Howard is not, no, he's not bad. He's not terrible. He's, he's, he hasn't had a great season, but he's not terrible. But he's damn sure not the top, the best quarterback in the conference. I don't even think he's top three. Um, I think right now he's fighting to be top five. So, uh, and that is why I now look at, now that I take a step back, I look at K-State, I look at Will Howard, and I say, this is just not the same team that I thought they were going to be. Also, your two worst games you played this year at Missouri, at Oklahoma State, both on the road, and as bad as Texas Tech has played on the road when we don't play Baylor, we have we are that much better at home. We should have beaten Oregon. Had a two-possession lead against Oregon in the fourth quarter. They're still a top-15 team. Of course, we destroyed Charleston State, but that's not really saying much. Wins against uh, And then a win against Houston. And the win in, against Baylor, yeah, it was in Waco, but there was enough red in there that it might have... And, and Baylor fans are quiet, so that might have at least been a neutral side game. So, that being said... I do look at this game against K-State, and I say, you know what? K-State's not as good as we thought. We still don't know if Texas... We know Texas Tech's not bad. I don't know if we know how good they are, but we know we're not bad. We beat the bad teams in Houston and Baylor. We know we're not bad. Baron Morton is starting to catch catch some rhythm. He's starting to get a little... Get back into the season, swing of things in the season. And Todd Brooks is that dude. And for the first time, maybe as long as I can remember in this series... We have the better running back. I don't know the last time 
I looked at Texas Tech versus Kansas State, and I thought we had the better running back. And I'm not, I say that not to say not to say that I don't think Giddens is a dude. I do think Giddens is a dude. I think you have a good running back group. I just think Todd Brooks is that man. And that is why, Mr. McFarlane, Mr. Wildcat, Texas Tech will beat the K-State Wildcats. We're going to end that damn streak, all right? Look, I, I think you I think you very well might be right. Uh, again, I, I wish I had something I, I could point to. And I think ultimately, I, I think the hope is, uh, you know, it's just the inverse. Will, will Howard figures it out. Uh, you know, he, he gets a good co- uh, connection with Benson. If that opens it up for DJ Gins to run crazy, and then maybe we can, you know, force a couple turnovers. Again, I, I, I think it'll be a close game. I think I'm going to absolutely hate it. I'm going to wish I was super into being like a lawn guy or super into vintage cars instead of being a college sports fan. I don't think this is going to be enjoyable uh, for K-State fans at all, even if they come out, you know, winning this game. And I just also, I just want to pose this question. Why is it every time K-State comes to town, it's a blackout? It's a gold rush. You know, it's everyone's, you know, seemingly biggest games. Now it's selling out. Why can't someone just sleepwalk against K-State is my question. I want I want to walk into a sleepy college town, you know, only 80% of the seats full. I know that's never going to happen at Texas Tech, but, I mean, where's a road game at Houston when the doctor ordered it? You know, where's a road game at Baylor? Where's a road game? I mean, that's really about it. You know, uh, you know, Austin after like a wine and cheese festival, you know, get in there and, and while they're all having a Chardonnay and Gouda, like I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of these hostile environments. You know, what's up with that? I don't like it. Here's my question to you guys coming into this game. What is like the perceived, you know, weakness for you guys for KSA? Hey, we're turning the ball over too much. Will Howard's thrown uh at least one interception game just coming off a three interception game that's our biggest weakness where are you guys coming in like "Eh, i'm a little nervous about this oh i can definitely tell you my my weakness for this team is still the offense and i think you know we had a good game against baylor but why did we have a good game against baylor because we recognized baylor cannot stop the run so we ran the ball. Now, completely uncharacteristic of Coach Kitley, who is very much an air raid guy. And in his presser after, they're like, how does it feel running the ball so much when you want to pass? And he's like, I just want to. Uh, he said, I, I'll, I'll be happy winning if we went 17 to 14, rather losing 54 to whatever, you know, uh, 54 to 60. So trying to still figure out the identity of this team is is this Kansas state game is going to be a big litmus test because you guys are good at stopping the run. So what are we going to do? If you stop the run, we have Baron Morton who is still trying. I mean, he's getting a little better, but I've kind of pinned him as this game manager right now. Like he was a great game manager against Houston, a great game manager against Baylor because we had Taj Brooks and we had like, you know, we were able to game plan around that. What happens when you take away the run? Well, then he has to become the game changer. So for me, the biggest fear for me is like, can Baron Morton make that step from just like kind of just kind of brushing along, doing his job to making a difference in the game? Because against teams like Kansas State, you're going to have to have a game changer. And if they're taking out your number one game changer in Todd Brooks, where, where, where else is it coming from? So I think for me, that's that's where kind of the greatest weakness of this team is right now. It's just not having full assurance at the quarterback position. All right, so with all that being said, it is time to do our prize picks predictions 
So we're going to go ahead and do it with Scott. Scott's going to join us in the prize pick predictions. And that's remember, that's prize picks. If you get on prize picks, use our promo code TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2. And they're going to do 100% match up to 100 bucks. This is free money. This is free money we're giving to you. We are saying here, take this, run, go play, be a degenerate. Go be a degenerate like we are. Uh, prize picks using our promo code TAKES12, T-A-K-E-S-1-2. So, prize picks prediction. Jeremy, I need you to give me one player on Texas Tech's offense uh, that's going to need to be the key guy for us to get be able to get this dub. Miles Price. Miles Price? A receiver? A receiver. We're gonna Look at you going against the grain. We're going to need – Kansas State – is good at stopping the run, so we're gonna need to open up the passing game. I think Miles Price gives us a lot of accessibility at multiple levels of the field. He's a great guy to go to. So funny enough, I feel like you read my show notes because I'm not gonna say Miles Price. I'm gonna say Lowick Fungi. Lowick Fungi plays better at home than he does on the road. Um, him and Morton do have the continuity since high school. So I'm gonna go ahead and go on the limb and say Fungi gets himself a nice two touchdown game, just like he did last week. Uh, maybe not two touchdowns. But he's going to score at least a touchdown in this game. All right. Um, and Scott, we're skipping over you. Jeremy, who's the key guy on defense that needs to be in for Texas Tech to win this game? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe. All right, Scott, come on here. All right, Scott, we're skipping over you. Um, okay, Jeremy, for my defensive pick, I will pick um, the man. We're going to go with We're gonna go with Steve Linton because Steve Linton has had, had a good game last week against Baylor. If he can keep up the momentum and energy and keep the pressure on Will Howard in the backfield, I think that helps our defense out a lot. I seem like that that is asking a bit, considering his track record. But if we're on the up, I'm buying in. I'm gonna go a guy who I've criticized. I have a love hate relationship with, and that's C.J. Baskerville. C.J. Baskerville stepped to the front here. I know you're a beast in screens, and I know you're a liability on deep plays. Uh, I need you to I need you to do more of the former and less of the latter. Be a guy there. I actually would really love it if he we see him kind of spy Will Howard a bit. Because Will Howard is a little shifty, is a little nice there, and so I think C.J. Baskerville will be able to handle him a little bit from that Raider position, similar to what we saw Muddy do last year. Um, Scott, give me a player that scares you from the Texas Tech side more than anybody else. Uh None of them. The the as Will Howard said, the only team that can beat K State is K State. How's Dang, how's that? Son. How's that? Dang. <laughs> no, Dang. Well, that's it for that's that's it for Scott. We're kicking him off right. No, no, now. no. For, for for real, I I I think when when talking, I I was very prideful in in K State's offensive line, and when I was trying to like grade out offensive lines, uh. Like I, I was like, eh, Texas Tech, whatever. I'm just gonna throw them around in the middle. I've watched uh, quite a bit of the last two games, and, and quite frankly, for better or worse, I did not see a lot of your guys's two losses. So my impression of your guys's offensive lines, all right, hey, that's a unit that has themselves together, and where K State uh, can have success, it's if they can cause havoc with their front three. And uh, I'm I'm a little nervous that they're not gonna be able to get penetration. They're not gonna be able to get pressure on your guys' offensive line. If that's the case, it's going to be a long one for K-State. So I'm giving uh, some credit to the big boys up front on your offensive line. Nice, a whole unit. A whole unit. I mean, you know, I did ask for one player. You picked five, but it's okay. I'll take it. I will well, take originally it. I tried um, to say none so of with, them. I mean, so it's like, all right, I, I can't follow directions. <laughs> you, do not, you do not follow directions at all. This is, this is <laughs> So with that being said, Scott, 
I need to get your prize pick prediction for this game. Who wins Texas Tech, Kansas State, and give me a score? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think this is going to be close. I think it's going to go down to a wire, and it's not going to be a fun experience for any K-State fan. It's going to be gut-wrenching hell, as my dad likes to say. I, I, I'm going to say 29-28. Don't tell me how the 29 comes about, but I'm going to have K-State winning by one. Uh, thanks to the weird voodoo magic that K-State has over Texas Tech. Scott going with the voodoo magic. Jeremy, are you going to be a hater once again, or what? what you going here? Good pick, Scott. Good pick. Kansas State has beaten Texas Tech 11 out of the past 12 years and has recently suffered an uncharacteristic loss. Now, Oklahoma State may be more characteristic than most, but you don't want to face a Kansas State team that's got motivation. Kansas State wants to get back on track. They have uh, no intention of going down light and easy, especially against a team that they've been dominating the past decade. So what are they going to do? They're going to come into Texas Tech. It's going to be a good fight. Texas Tech likes to fight at home. We're going to keep it close, but Kansas State's going to pull away in the last uh, one of those debilitating drives where we just can't get – they just put it all together – a la OU against Texas or against Texas in the in the Red River rivalry, and Kansas State pulls out a victory. But I do think it's a one possession game. Give me, um, give me kudos to the defense. A twenty seven twenty four loss um, to Kansas State. You know, Jeremy. Last week, whenever you predicted Baylor to beat Tech, uh, you have no reason. You had no reasons for it. You were just like, eh, I'm doing this for the sake of the the. I'm doing this for the sake of the troll. He's doing right? the bit. This week you have legit reasons. I believe you that you think K State's gonna beat Tech. You know you can't fool me. All right, I believe you. You were convincing. Uh, with that being said, I'm, I'm gonna go Texas Tech, and, and and I'm not just saying that because I picked Tech to win the last two games, and we have won the last two games. I legitimately. So I will say this is very much a top ten team, top ten run def- defense going up against a top ten run offense. Either way you slice it which is weird to say for a Texas Tech team. Either way, you slice it. Strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness. I think what's going to come down to is Morton, who I think is a lot like Will Howard in some ways, having to step up and be that game changer. Will we see the Oklahoma State Baron Morton from last year? I think we do. Against a secondary that can be picked on for K-State. I think we see it here. I have Baron Morton leading Texas Tech to victory. Give it me 31 to 30, Texas Tech. So a nail biter. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to stroke it. out nail uh, if any of these uh, happen. I, I, I'm just going to put this out there. <laughs> if Texas Tech's going to win, just snap my neck early. Get up big and run away with it. Uh, or vice versa, K-State. I don't know if any why any of the K-State players would be listening to this. Uh, but if we're going to win, let's just blow them out. Uh, you know, I haven't been riding my Peloton lately. So I don't know if my heart can take it. So let's just let's have a blowout either way. Can we agree to that? Or are you guys saying no? Let's go. Let's go close. No, packed house. Keep it nah, close. Man. Let's get my let's get my heart wrong. You know what's gonna happen? You know what's gonna happen, Scott. So I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna say exactly what's gonna happen. Uh, Gino Garcia, game-winning field goal, and we're gonna rush the field you're, because it's what the kids like to do. You're gonna now. get the Iowa State regardless trip. of who's I, ranked. I'm team rush the yeah, field. We, we're gonna rush the I, field. I'm I'm. I don't want it to happen against K-State, but I think kids should have fun. So I'm pro-rush the field, pro-rush the court. Just don't, like, try to fight I, players. Listen, if, if you're going to behave yourself. I am, I am get off my lawn. 
I am get off my lawn. I am do not rush unless they're a top ten team. And uh, I don't. What is it? Which hasn't happened. And I understand this. I've every year I get more and more in the minority on this feeling. When I was in school, I feel like most people would have agreed with me that you only rush when against a top ten team. I personally have never rushed in my life when it was not a top ten team. However, I get it. I get it. Kids are kids. I am now being told that I'm just an old man that won't let kids have fun. So it's okay. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just show on the back. I saw a gray hair the other day. I don't know how I feel about it, but it is what it is, you know. So uh, so yeah, that's where we're at. Um, I'm just gonna say I hope you guys rush the field for every home game rest of the season except for this one. See, so this is my how I've come. I believe we should just rush the field every. Doesn't game. Clemson do something right? corny do like it. that? Yeah, Clemson does something mm. similar to that. Like just rush the field. We already do. Like we already damn near do it all the time anyway. But it's fun. So just do it. It's fun. I mean, do you guys do it a bunch in basketball? We do. But see, in basketball, so it's okay. kind of weird. I don't know how it's going to be with Scott McF- with Grant McF- Scott McFarland with, with with Grant McCaslin. Um but we last year after every game, regardless of how big or small the game was, uh, the team would do the handshake line, and then afterwards. Coach Adams would, would tell the students to come. Whoa, the that's so then they would rush wild. the court. So they'd wait a little bit. Yeah, so they'd wait a little bit. They'd let all the, the pleasantries happen, and then the, the, the students would rush the court. And that was wow. every game. Okay. Whether uh, so it was yeah, it was a lot of fun. Actually, last two years, not just last year, last two years. So that was I thought was incredible. I thought it was a good good thing. They'd rush the court. They would do the um, alma mater, uh, I guess uh, the. The name that escapes me currently. Swag serve. That Jeremy can help. Matador song. Uh, Matador they song. do the Matador Just song. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. They do the Matador song with the team, and it was all it was all vibes. It was all positive vibes. It was only liked. This was before the the racist anecdote. So we all liked Mark Adams. But um, uh, but yeah, and I think we should do that in football too. I think that that's cool. I'm all fighting for that. But just rushing, just to rush. Yeah, rushing against Houston last year was embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't like it. Um, but again, gray hairs. So, uh, Scott, is there anything else you want to tell, tell, uh, tell uh, the people? Just that you guys do a great job. Uh, one, one of my favorite parts about joining the 1012 Network last year was getting to do more stuff with shows like yourself. Uh, Texas Tech fans have a lot of great podcasts, and I'm very happy that uh, the folks who are listening are listening to you guys. And I would urge any Texas Tech fan listening to tell at least one of their friends uh, to listen to you guys because it's worth it. I'm not a Texas Tech fan, and you guys are in my rotation weekly. Uh, so I, I enjoy it, and, and I would just say uh, put a little positivity out in the world. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. Make their day. Scott, mm-hmm. out. Damn. That, man, that's that's so touching. That's so beautiful. That's why that's why we invite that's, – that's why we bring guests like this on here. Right? Scott Wildcat, ladies and gentlemen. Jeremy, anything else you want to tell the people? Nope, can't top that. Yeah, I was about to say, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Um, for me, not much here. If Texas Tech is able to win this game, they'll be 4-3. and three. We will be able to turn the tide potentially on the season before going on the road to BYU, which will be a tough <coughs> – oh, excuse me. Which will be a tough game at BYU uh, in Provo. So this would be – I'm not going to call it a must win. But if we're trying to have somewhat of a positive spin on the season, this is a game that will be huge for us and traumatic for K-State, hopefully. So, for our guest, Scott Wildcat, 
For the people's hater that is Jeremy Gillen, this is your boy, Albie Shore, and you've been listening to Tortillas and Takes Podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay racked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.